All right, Twitchers, get ready. You're about to get your dose of Andy Hart of WEEI.com, who's with us on the Harbor One Hotline. He was in attendance for uh, yesterday's Gerard Mayo press conference, and uh, you can see him up there now on Twitch. Oh, back to the Clemson I like visor. It. I like it, too. Hart, good afternoon. I know what to expect with the visor. That's right. We all like it when we uh, know what to expect and we get what we expect, right? We oh, like consistency. Oh, I, I, oh, I feel like this. Is, you know already, what? I you know already, what this already like? sent snarky heart, and I Whoa, love it. Well, this feels like a collaborative event right here. Oh, I feel like we're all collaborating. Yes. Are we all in That's the same we, silo? We, we, where we don't. Hey, we don't like ecosystems. This yeah. is perfect. I'm not sure how much diversity of thought we have right now, but we are three aged white men. But okay, whatever. Actually, Christian, how do you what, see color? Christian, I don't know what the hell you are. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't want to go down that road. <laughs> no, that was... We avoided it all day. Just, not a great just, look yesterday. It's just not man, worth oh it. man. You know, I was glad that uh, Robert Kraft stepped in it, because um, that means I'll, in the future, not step in it, because... I probably shouldn't admit this, but I didn't really have a problem with what Robert said. But reading Twitter and stuff, I guess yeah. Robert was really offensive. I'm like, huh, note to self, I, don't it, say that. It is amazing. Like, I just said one thing, maybe like seven words or something like that. I've never got more yep. likes, uh, retweets, uh, you know, replies. I'm like, I don't even know what's going on. Nope. So I'm going to skate my lane. How about yeah. we talk about football? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk about yesterday. What was the vibe like? Uh, the vibe was fresh, I would say. Uh, I thought it was appropriate that they held this in the new, uh, what is it, GP Atrium, I yeah. think it's called. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the a, chat that, GPT Atrium. <laughs> yes. The uh, chat that, GPT AI <laughs> Atrium, or nothing is real. The um, <laughs> That's a beautiful uh, building or addition to Gillette Stadium. Obviously, it's changed the facade. I love the look from the outside. You ride the elevator up the, the uh, lighthouse and go in there. It's just bright, new, fresh. And I thought that was kind of, not to get to you know English class, it's cheesy but symbolic like this is a fresh bright new start for Patriots football and then you know there were a lot of people there his family I thought it was interesting the scouting department was there organizational people were there watching from the sides Mac Jones I thought was really interesting him being there um, and then if I could sum up because it was long I thought it was a little longer than I expected um, the the proceedings I would say it's quite clear they got their man and it also seems quite clear that as of right now, they don't really have a plan. So that was my takeaway. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I came away the uh, the the same way. Who were there from the players' end, Hart? Because it's the one thing I never got nailed down, and like we never got like the camera completely turned around. Yep. We saw Mac come in. I know somebody mentioned Uche was there, but Uche. how many players did you notice that were there for this thing? I didn't notice a ton. Uche was there. Juwan Bentley was there. Joe Cardona was there. Um, there may have been a couple others, so I would say it was a handful of players, what I would uh, describe it as. Uh, I, I did think it was interesting that Mac was there. Um, and then, you know, when Gerard's answering questions about, or Coach Mayo, I guess I should call him now, um, answering questions about the offense and it was talking about leadership and and energy and it's like he's right there like the guy you're talking about is right <laughs> there that has been part of that i don't know if i would have gone actually if i were uh mac jones I, i'm I with you i would have been uncomfortable Sta like he was standing over and christian you know matt smith the yeah, craft sports i product. saw it yeah he was standing next to him and it's just <laughs> it just seemed and felt awkward and i wouldn't have 
I just wouldn't have want. And now I guess it's a reminder like, hey, I'm here. Hey, I'm putting the time in. You know, coach, I just came up from the weight room where I put on another eight or ten pounds. You know, I'm getting big. I'm getting jacked. I have energy. I just that was a little weird to me. But overall, um, I did think it was a a positive energy. Even you know what made me laugh leaving the woman. And I don't want to throw her out. Nice lady at the top of the elevator, just sort of working there. Um, she goes, "Oh, that was nice," or something. I go, "Yeah, that was good." She goes, "It's nice that the, he actually answered questions." And I was like, "Oh, a little oh shot at the yeah. former coach from the security lady." I'm telling you, everybody is. Uh, oh, everybody, Andy Hart. What are you going to feel like when they say to you, "Well, that's a good question, Andy." Is your self worth going to go up? And nope. You're going to feel better they, and. Because it sure feels like a lot of media people are like, wow, he really likes me. Well, I would actually say um, there were smiles, there were jokes, there were words, there were no answers. I didn't hear a lot of answers. I heard like bullet points from Corporate Culture 101, something. I feel like everything Gerard said, we could get in our email at some point. Hey, uh, this is from Odyssey. <laughs> we need you to we need you to read this, or we need you to watch this video. It's or a this training course. module. Absolutely. <laughs> you mentioned it earlier: the silos and the diversity and the this and the that. And you know, in the end, when he goes out there, if he goes out there and does what virtually every other first-year Patriot coach has done and wins four or five games, he, he's going to be on the hot seat. No one's going to care that he's funny or nice or smiles. And that's the reality. It's about. Getting players and getting those players to go win football games, whether you're a, a jerk, whether you're a stone face, whether you're young, old, black, white, the whole thing, it will come down to, and you guys know this, what, what record are we talking about next September, October, November, December? That's all that anyone cares about in the end is the record. Okay, so a sneaky like last second, oh, by the way, hey, everybody, uh, we hired Robin Glazier to be the senior advisor. <laughs> I know you know Robin. I know yep. the guys over at Craft Sports know Robin. I know Matt yep. Smith knows her well. Um, explain the reasoning behind this, and what do you really think she will be doing? Well, I think um, based on her title and some of what I've heard, she's basically – um, going to be sort of the liaison between business and ownership and football, and she's the new Bearish, it sounds like to me. She's the new right-hand man for Gerard Mayo. So she's going to have the office right next to him and, like, I, you know, I don't know. we driving players from the airport I mean, or welcoming well, people? Well, Bearish doesn't do that. No, no, no. no Bearish has a staff that does that. But I think if you want to get to Gerard Mayo, you're probably going through Robin. And if and anything that involves oh, okay. Gerard Mayo. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, I I think that, but also she has been, I know people want to paint this like, oh, she's nothing to do with football. She's been involved with um, sort of the bridge between the upstairs and the downstairs for a while, between the team and the league for a while. Um, I can tell you she has been a contact point for the league for a long time with the Patriots. Like if they send out a memo, like a high-level memo, she would be one of the, I don't know, Authors. Handful. No, no, no. I mean, to the team from the league. If Roger Goodell wants to make a point to all 32 teams, when they email it to the Patriots, she would be on the email list. It would be her, Robert, John, whatever the six or seven important people were, she would be at a high-level um, email chain. So, Well, she's firing out those emails in caps on uh, during Deflategate. So correct. I kind of so, expect that. Correct. Sternly so, worded legal letters. And and she is a legal background person, but she's been mixed into football, um, sort of the operations end of it for the team for a while. And clearly, I would say based on the, the Mayo end, the Bears role type thing, clearly she must have developed a relationship with Gerard Mayo because – 
that person is usually you know has a has a track record with the coach for some reason they're very comfortable with you being the right hand woman in this case it was like you probably you guys don't remember this but Aaron O'Brien went with Mangini to Cleveland from the Patriots when he left um or the uh, Jets excuse me when he went to the Jets and she was like a PR person who ha- he had gotten very comfortable knowing and he brought her to the Jets to be his bears so everybody has a bears but sounds like she might be the bears plus something I would say that's fair. Yeah, yeah. I would. Uh, I would. Uh, I'm. I'm with that as well. Forey and I were talking about this earlier. What are the musts for Gerard Mayo on his staff? What do you mean? Uh, so, like Fourier uh, suggested, sort of his Ernie Adams to help manage the game. I, I'm kind of tied in with him in a. I want an offensive coordinator that's been a head coach because I think on that side of the ball. You have a little more complex problems to solve with timeouts, clock timing, things like that, versus on, say, the defensive side. And if we have seen one bugaboo for a lot of first-year head coaches, managing clock timeouts, things Mm -hmm. of that kind of stuff, just in terms of do you need head coaches on staff? Do you need a different voice on special teams? Or if Matt Slater says, hey, Gerard, I'll coach for you. You give someone something like that to try to keep the culture going. Yeah, well, I would agree with the word that Gerard used, diversity. I think you do need some diversity, and I don't mean it in terms of race or gender or age, but experiences, input, uh, ability to productively help um, the efforts that are going on because he he admits he has limitations, right? He How many times did he say, like, I'm going to trust the experts? I'm learning here. I'm not going to – I think the weight room's important, but I don't, I don't, I'm not an expert on squats, so I'll let them decide how much they're squatting in there, which could have been a shot at the old regime and Gerard Mayer. I mean, uh, remember Moses. when there was the – Moses, but also well, he's his still, brother. He's, yeah, doesn't Moses his brother is there, but his room too? His brother's the assistant, but remember with Guerrero, there was like, oh, he had people squatting and they didn't want to squat. And then – there was even rumors that the punter that went to Miami, he got hurt squatting, and there was a whole thing there. I feel like squats could be an important part of the uh, weight training program to do or not to do. But, I, you know, he mentioned experts, and I think he – obviously, offensively, there needs to be um, strong credibility. I don't know if it needs to be a former head coach, but I think there needs to be some credibility because your head coach is a defensive guy. He has been running the defense for years now. Like, there's going to be a certain confidence on that side of the ball, whereas the offense has been a debacle for two plus years now. And you're not an offensive guy. You admit you have limitations. You need experts around you. So, I do think there's that. Yes, I believe he needs now. I don't think it needs to be an old analyst, but do I think he needs somebody or needs to have faith in somebody in the analytics side and sort of the the clock management, as you said, game management side, somebody on his headset that he can trust? You know, Josh McDaniels and Nick Casario had a great working relationship when they were here because they went back so far and they trusted each other and, and Nick was sort of Josh's eyes in the booth, even though he's the GM, he had that role on game day. I think you have to have some eyes in the sky who is a step back from everything that's going on that can help you. When when it is hitting the fan in terms of timeout and challenges and game management, there can be chaos. And I think you need um, some calm in that chaos up in the booth. So who that person is that he would trust, are they young, are they old, are they more analytical side, are they a former player? I, I have no idea who that would be. But I do think you want to be careful not just having – a bunch of young former players. Like, I don't know if you guys followed on um, 
social media. First couple days, there was like, oh, he liked Dante Hightower. He said he would be a good coach once. Is he going to go get him to coach the linebackers? And James White might be a good running backs coach. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure you want all ex-players that you know are 30-something years old on this staff. I think you need to have a blend, a diversity, as, as Gerard said. So um, I agree with you. We're talking to Andy Hart. And Andy, um, I, he did say that, you know, referencing, you know, hey, these aren't the coaches that I picked. These aren't the, my coaches. And right. we're going to have to vet some of the guys that are already there. You know, how many do you think will really stay? You got the Belichick boys. You got uh, Bill O'Brien. I'm curious, like, how many guys he would retain? Yeah, I, I think that is very interesting. Like, a guy like Demarcus Covington, I'm assuming will be back. I mean, he's a guy that I would, if Steve isn't here, if Steve goes to Atlanta with Bill, um, I think DeMarcus Covington would be the defensive coordinator based on what he's done in recent years, their relationship, everything. So he's a guy that I think um, will be back. I think there's a lot of questions on the offensive side of the ball. I'm going to guess Clem is not back. I'm going to guess that uh, Troy Brown is not back, even though Troy is representing them at the Senior Bowl as the offensive coordinator for one of the teams. Um, I'm interested in that because I know the the receivers haven't developed. Like That's been a, a weird area in recent years. And I know we all love Troy Brown as as a guy, Ooh, as that'd a player. Be, imagine that conversation, Andy. Hey, Awkward. Troy, best friend, buddy. Hey, see you all over the place. Uh, yep. I'm going to have to let you go. Yeah. But like those Mr. Are... Patriot, bingo, I got bingo. Yeah, but in, that's, you know, you want the job, you want the paycheck, you want the authority. It's not all just, you know, screwing around with the owner at a podium calling him thunder. Like sometimes you're going to have to fire people. Sometimes you're going to have to make tough decisions. Um, but I think there could be a lot of changes on the offensive staff and the defensive staff, I think, will be basically be based on who goes with Bill to Atlanta. If you know, There's already been that report that they've been offered to stay here. I would advise them to stay here personally if I were their attorney or their agent. go you know, Start to stand on your own two feet in New England uh, with Gerard Mayo and have your role with that defense that continues. But my guess is it'll be about 50-50. My guess is you'll see about half the staff back and half the staff leave. Uh, Hard. I've, I've, I've. By the way, we also have to ask who the that? rat is, don't we? Oh, I think I know. Yeah. Okay. So Text do me. Tell. Text me, and I'll tell you. Yeah. yeah. It'd be more entertaining if you just. Tell I know. Uh, <laughs> I kind of. We kind of already <laughs> talked about it. And I feel feeling a little guilty, but I think I know exactly who it is. Yeah, I think uh, the deeper you dig in the organization, the more you find the squawkers. Yeah. That's just my guess. But Hart, I had an issue with. The, the way Mayo handled that interview with uh, Steve Burton and the oh. way he answered the draft question. No, from this standpoint, number one, you let everybody to think quarterback in the answer. So there's did that. You? Did yeah, you? Yeah, he did. Yes, he did. Come on. The whole I don't know. Are, are modern you, football tackle and wide receiver are pretty important too. Uh, yeah, and if he did the yeah connect the dots or take that how you wish or whatever, and it's here's Joe Alt with the number three pick, people will lose their minds, uh, and maybe even the owner who feels like he's <laughs> doing a lot of his. I'm taking back my organization. Here's my thing, Hart. Number one. Don't box yourself into overdrafting somebody at number three because you're desperate. Desperate organizations do desperate things, and they make bad picks along the way. But also, it's the number three pick. No one knows what this group is thinking, doing, or capable of even. So keep the shroud of secrecy to even slide up, God forbid, or down a spot or two or three and still get your guy. And don't just say, 
even though there are better players on the board, by God, I'm drafting a position at number three. I felt like Mayo kind of walked us towards the quarterback water. Yeah, I a lot of people took it that way. I did not. I thought way too much was made of that, and that is the modern culture. This, to me, was the version of, like, somebody retweeted something, and that means they hate their organization, they want to trade, they want this, they like... We read like 17 layers into that. I thought he was being playfully fun. He knows. And and first of all, he also said something obvious. You're not going to take a position that isn't valuable at number three. Correct. Right? Like, like you're not going to, you're right. just not going to do it. A middle line. And they're not available. I mean, I'm going to give draft experts the benefit of the doubt at this point. And usually by now we know kind of what's available. Well, there's quarterbacks, wide receivers, tackles, maybe an edge. All three, all four of those positions are really important. We haven't heard about a corner like last year, the kid that went to Seattle that was, oh, he might have a top five pick. So there's basically four spots that are going to go in the early part of the draft. They are four of the most premier positions in the sport of football. Just look at the paychecks and how the game is played now. Um, so I didn't I didn't really think he tipped his hand. A lot of people were like, oh, just guaranteed, lock it in, three straight quarterbacks to start the draft. I didn't really take it that way. And I... I wouldn't hold him to anything he said in a sit-down interview that was his 20th interview of the day with Steve Burton in the GP atrium. Like, conditions on the ground are going to change. He's getting more information. Guys are going to, you know, get hurt at the combine. This or that. Look, I think we have fun with it. It's what we should do. You do daily radio. I do daily podcasts. We should talk about it and fluff it, whatever. I didn't. Re- I thought it wasn't really that big a deal. Yeah, I thought it was a curious answer considering there's no GM. How would how would he know where there could even be a lean unless the owner see, you're, is in? See, you're in my thing. I'm with you, Hart. He's overthinking it. He's overanalyzing it. And yeah. I would say it's this is a nothing burger, nothing. Yeah. Dead. And he again, no tendencies, no reputation for doing anything. Who hell? Who the hell would like use that one clip as an identifier? Right. And, and this is not Nick Saban saying, I am not going to Alabama. And then the next, like, no, no, no. Gerard didn't really say anything. Now, I do find the interesting part of what are we doing with that pick in terms of who's making it? Robert said they would assign somebody, but right now they're evaluating the people that are there, but they're also going to start interviewing some people. I thought that one of the big takeaways yesterday was an inconsistency. So Robert fell in love with Gerard, mm-hmm. maybe on an Israel trip in 2019, as far back as that. <laughs> it's and like said he's spring break 89, right. baby. Right. He found out, like, that's my guy. Yeah. Um, but... Or even more locally, like last year, they put it in writing in the contract. But then, why hasn't why doesn't he have a better assessment of Matt Grow and Elliot Wolf and all these? They're like, you know, they learned under Belichick, and now we're going to observe them. Well, how are you going to observe them? You're like, you either need to let them do their thing, which means you could ruin one of the worst, most important off seasons in Patriots history because you got to let them make decisions on franchise tags, free agency, and the draft, or you kind of know that they're not the ones, or you know Elliot Wolf is the one. Like, there's an inconsistency here with how uh, definitive he was about Gerard Mayo for so long that he's my next guy and I'm going with my gut. Feels like he doesn't have a strong gut feeling for any of these other guys. So isn't that the answer? You don't have a guy? If you don't feel strongly enough to say <laughs> Elliot Wolf is the damn man now, then he's probably not the damn man and you need to find somebody. There's there's a weird inconsistency behind the scenes here. Which is leading to all the questions about where was Jonathan Kraft and then uh, now we have, uh, who is it here, Robin Glazer in the yep. uh, mix as well. And uh, yeah, and again, even Mayo, I, I thought Mayo should have just said, listen, we're just getting into the process. You heard Robert Kraft, we don't even have anybody in the chair for crying out loud. 
So again, it makes me wonder how much Robert was talking, or excuse me, how much Mayo was talking to Thunder about how much lightning they're going to make in the draft. Well, and and the other thing I think we all need to remember is, in a way, we're like, oh, you guys are getting behind. You don't have a GM. We don't know who's making decisions. You don't have a plan. Free agency. They're actually ahead of the curve. Of all the teams that canned their coaches, they're the only one that's hired anybody right now and held this press conference, right? Washington did it in the more traditional sense where they hired the president, then Adam Peters. Now they're going to hire their coach. But a lot of other decisions are still being made. So it's it's hard to say they're behind in the process right now when they actually might be ahead of the other quarter of the league that's in a massive transition this offseason but well that makes you like the thunder yeah that makes me feel better they might be in better position than the panthers hot damn yeah but i'm not sure they're in better position than washington do you like washington's offseason better or the patriots Mm. well the patriots right now yeah patriots right now yeah I'm not so sure about you that. You like that Adam Peters. Of, he's a he's a big Peter. You're a big Peters guy. Anything involving I am Washington. a big Peters guy. You're big. I am you a like big, big Peters, Peters guy. I heard you and Keith talking about big Peters. Yep, you guys are both I'm big Peters guys. Big yep. Peters guys, aren't we all? Oh, man. We love our guy. Andy Hart of WEEI.com. Hart, thank you, buddy. We appreciate you. We'll See talk ya. to you soon. There we Tip go. Tip of the visor to you, fellas. Tip of the visor to you.